Faye McGrew, Good Medicine for COVID Era, Episode 107, Alternative Health Tools Podcast, where together we discover and share alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and experts. When the collective mind, body, and spirit are under siege by a microscopic virus, individuals are prone to fear, anxiety, and stress, all of which work to the virus's advantage by suppressing the immune system. According to Qigong teacher Faye McGrew, her practice addresses key physiological and emotional issues that enhance people's abilities to deal with the onslaught of our unseen enemy. Hi, this is Kim Shea, your co-host with Alternative Health Tools. My other co-host is John Beethan on this side of the pond and Lisa Victoria on the other side of the pond. Today is October 13th, 2020, and I'm going to be talking to Faye McGrew, who is a Qigong teacher. Welcome, Faye. Hi. How are you? I'm very well. And you? Good. I am great. Thank you. Enjoying another beautiful day here in Carlsbad. Yeah. So would you tell us about your background, how you came into being a Qigong teacher, or even just your general background? Yes, my introduction to mind-body was in 1970, and I enrolled in a karate class because New York City, where I'm from, was very violent then, and I had some unpleasant experience, and I did not want it to happen again. So I enrolled and started with martial arts. And from there, and I went initially to learn how to defend myself. Of course, I was only woman in the class for two years. It was the Vietnam War, guys back, veterans, pre-PTSD was really known what was going on with them. And New York City policemen, firemen, those were my classmates. So it was pretty intense. So they didn't really know how to work with a woman back then. But I stayed with it because of it as really an art form. You think of it like mixed martial arts, just beating up on people. But there's a wonderful philosophy beyond it as well. It's like really to do everything, not to do it like the Karate Kid movie, for example. And Cobra Kai, if you're going to see it on Netflix, is really, really, in retrospect, does a lot of good explaining of why you stay with it. And then I also learned yoga in 1970, which was very hard to learn. You had to go to an ashram and a man in a turban would teach you. So that was very interesting back in the day. Now yoga is in every fitness center. Those few that, if any, are open. And with this great emphasis on the big stretching and all that other stuff, but learning it in an ashram put it in a spiritual context, which made it also very special. And so I did that martial arts for 20 years. And then, as I said, I got tired of beating on uh, 20 year old boys. <laughs> and I, I just didn't want to do it. But, but then I was approaching 40. 
and really energetically, I learned later that's that's a time that a woman's energy system really changes. So as much yeah. as I loved it, I just couldn't do it energetically anymore. And then so uh, oh, I'm going to retire to Tai Chi and Tai Chi, Tai Chi Chuan. It's a martial art and you're moving slowly. People are familiar with it with ads for arthritis medication now. And there's these old people moving in the park, you know. We laugh when we're in the business because you do Tai Chi Chuan and these arts not to be on arthritis medicine, not to get it because <laughs> you're moving. But, you know, God bless America. That's all I can say. Yeah, <laughs> these arts in the way it is. But immediately I learned right away what was Qigong. And I thought it was the warm up to the Tai Chi class. And I definitely resonated. There was also women's Qigong, which was made for the uniqueness of a woman's energy body. And that felt great, especially after studying martial arts, which is so male now for 20 years. And so I really was starting to feel nourished and meditation was included. Chan meditation, we call it Zen meditation here, that very, uh, very strong on mindfulness. And then I learned medical Qigong as well. So the history of Qigong actually was called a different name, but then it really was the influencer of what we call acupuncture here, traditional Chinese medicine. So I learned that perspective as well, all in the same school. And it was really quite an amazing experience. That's how I started. You're so dedicated and you learn so much. That's what's interesting is you just kept going and branching out to learn more subtle nuances of it. I have a question for you. You said that a, a woman's energy changes in her 40s. And specifically, what does that mean? That means that a woman is preparing for menopause. And okay. even though a woman might not have the symptoms for it, it begins about that time. And then the symptoms come out for those, and the majority of women do not have symptoms. It's now a, a disease that gets treated, you know, but it's really do not have the heart flashes and mythology. And so would that not make it acceptable to do martial arts because you're not as strong or you're not mentally in it? What was the reason? Well, the reason for me was doing these arts for 20 years because I started with hard external martial arts and worked my way to internal martial arts. And that's when I first felt chi. Chi is life force energy. And I healed from it, actually. So it was this whole other dimension than blocking and striking and doing all that other stuff. It was this energetic. And I went through incredible changes and development that way to be sensitive to that. So, of course, being sensitive to that in my own body without instruction, it was just my body was saying, this is it. This is not supporting your energetic journey anymore. And you need to find something else to go on. I see. Okay. I have a question for you too, because I know things were changing back in that time in the seventies. Um, there was more spiritual awareness and, and people were exploring other modalities of how to be more spiritual. But I was wondering when you were doing this, did you have friends who were supportive of this or did you seem like you were odd to people because you were exploring this? Well, my friends were the people who were doing it. <laughs> you know, so that answers your question. We're talking about family. All right. So family, because they're there through your whole life journey. And yes, they are. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting experience. Well, actually, the big breaking point was this. And I don't mention this 
that often, but I'm the women's world's first full contact karate champion. So today they call it martial arts. So it really wasn't a pure martial arts tournament. And, and I didn't want to knock out my opponent, but I had no choice because they changed the rules while I was fighting because it was a fixed fight. And it's the same people that funded, uh, it was called Top Rank Inc., uh, Muhammad Ali in the day. So it was all those people that backed that sort of thing. And it was the promoter's girlfriend I was fighting. And I was doing it, and my rep was um, Chuck Norris. So you might know him from Texas Ranger, but actually he came to fame in martial arts playing against Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. So he, he was a star during the, the day. And during the fight, he would come over to me in a very soft voice and say, Faye, you can't do that. You can't do that technique. And he did that several times. So I had very few trained techniques. I only had six weeks to train for the fight. And the promoter's girlfriend had six months. So every time he said, you can't do that, you can't do that. I was only down to one thing, and that was to knock her out. I was trying to win on points as an art form, which martial arts is supposed to be, not this mixed martial arts, which, as I mentioned before, it developed into. And so that's where it was. I won the fight, and with the prize money, I went to graduate school. So another way of looking into fighting one's way into graduate school. And I didn't feel so good about it, but the money got me into graduate school. So. <laughs> okay. There was a, an end to the means there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting okay. my way into graduate school. Some people interpret that differently. That's my <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how long have you been studying Qigong then? 30 years. 30 years. And how long have you been teaching it? 25. 25. So there's an interest in it now. There seems to be an uptick in interest in Qigong right now. So I guess people need to understand it does take time to reach a place where you can really teach. Would you say that's true? Yeah, well, there's all different levels of teaching. So there's instructors that are teaching you movements. So this goes to like basic Hatha yoga. You know, you're just learning how to do certain postures and things like that. And that's the focus. And it's the same thing with Qigong. It's like uh, training wheels. That's the first part. And there's tons of instructors and they're very, because the majority of people don't follow through with it. So that's fine, you know, for that, that level. And then there are teachers. So teachers, it's a, it's a bigger context. It's not just the movement. It's what the movements mean outside of the body and could answer uh, students' questions in great detail about what the practice is. So it, they have full information, background, and also experience to back that up. And, and then there's medical Qigong, a whole area went into medical Qigong. As I mentioned before, historically, traditional Chinese medicine was influenced by Qigong. And in the day, it was called Yangsheng practice. And Yangchang practice means nourishing life. So the movement part was called Da Yin, to extend the limbs to receive the energy. And so that was the movement part. You're not moving like for your workout, you're moving for energetic purposes. And meditation was a part of it. Dietetics, 
means nutrition, what you eat, sleep patterns. And this was all in harmony with the rhythms of nature. So it means it follows through the seasons. And so that's where it started. And then it developed in different ways. And then a traditional Chinese medicine started, it includes herbology, of course, the needles, which is the lowest level of healing in traditional Chinese medicine. It's the one we're most concerned with because somebody's putting a needle in your skin. <laughs> so you want to make sure they know where it's going. Uh, but yeah. that could also be activated with a massage. So the therapeutic massage uh, that is part of it, herbology. You know, today my husband comes from a three generation pharmaceutical family. And so the uh, great grandfather, a drugstore had all herbs in it. It was all Chinese herbs. It was after World War II. This whole pharmaceutical wow. thing really started in a big way. And part of it is good because there's been a lot of great developments. But also, what happened I mean, you can't patent a, a herb, a plant, but you mm -hmm. can if you imitate its chemical compound and put it in and sell it like that. So, there was a lot of that and still continues to be actually. So herbology, and it, that's why it's very important for everybody to know, just because it's over the counter doesn't mean you can't have a conflict, especially if you're on medications. So if you're on medication, say, oh, I'm going to take a vitamin because it's natural or natural herb or whatever like that, uh, you could wind up in the ER room, which is very common. Because what you might be doing is duplicating what that pharmaceutical medicine is doing and ramping it up. So you're screwing around with what your doctor prescribed for you, not knowing, and then having all those side effects from it. So it's very important. And more and more doctors say, oh, why should I talk to my doctor about vitamins and stuff like that? And you were talking, Kim, about consciousness. Well, the consciousness is expanding in Western medicine to be more integrative, not alternative. It's more and more integrated. And the young people coming out of medical school now, the curriculums have changed. I was involved with that at UCSD, at the med school there. I was invited okay. by, the, by the students in the day to uh, teach Qigong there. And then through their influence, their activism, the curriculum has changed. So now nutrition is an important part. UCSD in particular, that's University of California, San Diego. Mm -hmm. It's not in the local area. Received $17 million grant to work on the science of food in terms wow. of dietetics. And it's all from those students, who was a student group, and two of them are leading researchers now in these mind-body therapies, which we call biofield therapies. So that's how it can be measured, standard metrics, modern technology. This kind of research technology advances. The more it's understood about qi, qigong, yoga, meditation, neuroscience loves to measure this stuff. And I've been a a subject of several research studies because my chi is very strong. So it helps them because the equipment is really clunky in the beginning. Take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I'm in this pitch black freezing room and then the biophysicist tells me, Faye, right next to you is an ice chest. Can you go in there? Can you feel your way in there? Take the ice pack. All right, take it out and put it on the aperture of <laughs> this equipment. That's how it was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So now more and more, and actually one of the best things to happen is quantum physics being 
honored now getting all those prizes for it. And initially, so there were two, two parts to that. The first part was what is the source of all energy? And so it had to go down, 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 down until they could get that. You know, so we would say it's chi. You know, there's lots of different ways to describe it. The old words are chi or prana or things like that. Rudis and Greek, you know, there's all these names. Then um, that it does exist. But what prevented it so long was that the scientists doing these studies had an impact when they were trying to measure it. So this gets to waves and particles. I know everybody's eyes glaze over. The difference is that a wave or it's a particle, it's both. So that was the toughest thing mm. to figure out. And then also that if there was a researcher in the room, their energy impacted what they were measuring. So that was the biggest obstacle for their research to be accepted in the scientific community was that. Because energy, if they are researching the energy that we're all part of, well, they're, they're part of it in the research you know, <laughs> sort of thing. So when that was clarified, that really opened it up for biofield therapy, with, or biofield science. So they call it that. And it can be measured. That's what's really cool is that it can be measured. I was just reading about a study the other day. It's taking place at UC San Francisco where they're looking at the, I don't know how you pronounce it, the telomeres? Yeah, telomeres. At, oh, yeah. At the, at the end of the DNA yeah. strands and, uh-huh. and they're understanding how that yeah. affects aging depending upon the length of the telomeres. And so that's it's it's correct. so great because I think that's one of the biggest obstacles to all of these disciplines, practices, is that a lot of people feel like, well, it can't be measured. And so now we can measure it, which is probably going to reinforce it for a lot of people about how valid it is and valuable. Absolutely. And and again, the challenge with these studies, it has nothing to do with pharmaceuticals, which dominates the funding for research in the West. So that's why it's going to take a while. But that's that's true. There was one actually with that about Qigong, and it was a good study because they had a control group in it. I don't want to get into the weeds, but the science, you can research all you want. There are these blueprints you have to follow for it to be accepted and for the results of these studies to be published in the qualified journals. So there's a ton of, that's why with everyone, with anything with science, look, who's doing it? You really have to not say that they said this. Who did it? Like you identified the university. So that's important. So that was a university study blah 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 so this one did same thing that doing qigong extended the telomeres in the brain this was for an aging study too and they compared it to that to walking and social engagement so they were measuring all three and comparing them at once and they really verified you know people fill out questionnaires about their health well they verified what they were saying about their health in other words so it's a really solid study and so number one, of course, was the Qigong. Number two was social engagement. And what didn't even score was walking. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's great. That's really great. And actually, what I really like about it, especially, you know, the topic of this is not aging, but for people who are aging or for anyone who has any kind of a disability, you know, you might take a look and say, well, I can't do yoga. I physically cannot do yoga. Or I can't do Qigong or Tai Chi or anything like that. But there are things you can still do in your space and make a huge difference in the quality of your life. Yes. Just talking about everyone with any 
regarding challenges with the brain and qigong is very good for that because qigong is just not an exercise you know some people emphasize all that but the mindfulness mm -hmm. that you said the meditation is key and the ultimate is to do it with your mind not so much your body and the body's second so if you're coming in with any type of injury or, or recovery it's, you know, you don't have to do a perfect exercise. You can feel the intention of it and get the full benefit of it because it's just an internal thing. So it develops the mind. That explains the extension of the, the telomeres. It's neurological. It's impacted neurological. And I have some experience working with veterans and with modern warfare injuries, which are traumatic brain injury and combat PTSD. And it's, it's like a miracle for them, how well they respond because it's total. It's not just focusing on their health challenge. It's this total relaxation of the nervous system. And it helps their brain function, changes the chemistry in your brain, how you perceive pain. And that's been proven with certain forms of yoga as well. You keep doing this. And with melatonin, serotonin, mm. the, the happy enzymes that are in your brain. You just feel better. Can't quite pinpoint it because it's holistic. Okay, so that that's a key point that it's holistic. That's the buzzword right there. And I took a class from you because you had it in your studio before the pandemic hit. And I took a class with you uh, and then my schedule changed and I wasn't able to continue on. But either we were heading into winter or we were heading into fall. And so you were talking about the changes in the way that the exercises were going to be done. I think you discussed sleep, food. It was very interesting the way that you tied it into the seasons. I had never heard of that in a practice before. Would you be able to elaborate on that? Yes, that's part of, as I mentioned before, the Yangshan practice, the nourishing life practice did that. It had all those components in it because the goal is to be in harmony with nature. And that was back in agrarian days, no electricity, no clocks, you know, everybody was making their own food. It's talking about way back, but we were deeply in harmony with nature and learned from nature. Like, oh, the bears hibernate in winter. That's a good idea. I think we'll <laughs> go in there and then we'll evolve. Our brains will evolve and oh, we'll get fire and, you know, it's that kind of thing. So it's a lot of observing of nature, which is great. So from that, as we change in the seasons, we change our respiration rate, just like the bears do, just like animals. Their body changes as they go through the seasons, and we do too. We put that aside in modern times because we can go down to the, the food market and get whatever food we want. You know, we're not dependent on what's in season. But when you right. do eat what's in season, that's the earth telling you, this is the time to eat this. Okay. And it's usually end cap and it's cheap actually to eat in season foods. Mm -hmm. So that's so that's another way to keep in touch with that. And it goes with the rhythms in your body. We do follow those rhythms. And again, it's not enforced that much. But Qigong and also Chinese medicine does. Traditional Chinese medicine, your acupuncturist treats you differently throughout the year. I had no idea. It is, the season, yeah. Hmm. Because each of these energy systems get featured as you go through the seasons. So now we're in fall. This interview is, is done in uh, mid-October. So we're in autumn. And so that's for the lung chi. 
Now, for me as a teacher, and what we've been doing since the pandemic is focus on the lung chi because that has to do not only with your physical lungs, which we know that COVID really attacks, but also the lung chi has to do with your immune system. So your energetic immune system, which needs to be built up. So we focus quite a bit on that. And also we focus because the weather's changing, even though it's hot, still autumn can get a very warm day, but the nights are getting cooler and getting colder, even though we're in lovely San Diego where it's so temperate all year long. But our (laughs) friends, you know, in Northern climates, I mean, it's a big change Uh, for us. It's subtle, but still a change. So we have to prepare for that. We have to remember to keep warm. And even though it's hot during the day, don't forget uh, to keep warm, protect your neck. That's really important, the back of your neck. And drink warm foods. Don't drink those ice drinks anymore, even though it could be really hot during the day. Yeah. Yeah, because you're freezing your system. When you eat, it's like a cauldron. Your stomach, your organs are warm inside. They're not cold. So when you're drinking something so cold, especially this time of year, it's having a negative interaction with your immune system. So does it stress the immune system? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. All right. So we don't need that right now, for sure, with the <laughs> COVID and flu season. Yeah. Okay. Like, what would be some foods that we would be eating? Like, when you go to the store right now, you see squash everywhere. There's winter squashes. Would that be something we should be aiming for? Do you have any other suggestions? What do you eat right now? Yes, the lung chi, each of these energy systems, as we say, we're going through nature, the relationship is beyond the season. I mean, it's this whole matrix. It's called the five element theory. It's the basis of what an acupuncturist learns about traditional Chinese medicine and how it interrelates with each other. And each has all these properties to it. So one is the color and the color is white. So white foods. So what's white foods? So we have turnips, we have potatoes, we Mm -hmm. have cauliflowers, excellent this time Mm -hmm. of year. The inside of an apple is white. Pears are therapeutic. Notice that pears are, uh, they're they're out this time of year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The winter squash and all those. You know, that's a transition energy that's between all of the seasons. And so that's a gold color food. So it's excellent for this time of year. It'd be a good transition food also as we go to winter. How about um, sweet potatoes? Those are tend yeah. to be in abundance, like even the Japanese sweet potatoes that are white on the inside. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. These are all good foods. And also very important is daikon. So that's radish. So mm-hmm. radishes are white inside. They are particularly excellent to support lung health. Okay. May I ask how you prepare yours? Because I wouldn't have a clue. Well, you can put them in salad. I just so raw. eat a couple of, yeah, you can eat it raw. Some people, it might be too much. So you can heat them up and have them like that. Uh, the Chinese have a wonderful radish cake. The daikon cakes, they're really yummy. That recipe I don't recommend at home. It is messy and it takes forever. <laughs> so, uh, okay. I've had the turnip cakes that the Chinese make, and I'm a big fan of those. So yeah. I would never try to make them. Yeah. Well, this is very helpful right now. So we're talking about COVID. We're talking about the pandemic. What should we be doing right now to prepare with the stress that's coming from this? 
and the, the health. I know a lot of us have fear about what happens if we get it, what will happen to us. There's just a lot of stress that goes along with all of this. Yes. Well, breathing is a great de-stressor. And a lot of times people say, oh, take a couple of breaths, you'll feel better. And they go, oh, did nothing. So I spend a lot of time teaching about just how to breathe and to explain about the physiology, what happens when we breathe. We're so focused on the lungs and think that the tiny little bronchi in the center of the chest, well, your lungs are huge. They fill almost your entire chest cavity and they cover and protect your organs. So breathing is huge. And so when you breathe, it's over a hundred tendon ligaments combination that's going at the same time in muscles. Hmm. So we focus on diaphragmic breathing. So your diaphragm is attached to the bottom of your lungs, goes straight through your torso and connects in the interior of your rib cage. So when we inhale in, the diaphragm moves down, that creates the vacuum. So your lungs can expand, your chest can expand. And then when we exhale, it goes up and massages your heart and lungs. So if this sounds like one of the benefits of cardio, you're right. Hmm. So when we do cardio, we're inhaling our max and we're exhaling our max. We have no choice. The diaphragm's moving up and down, massaging your organs and detoxifying them, as well as getting needed oxygen in the body. So we do that same deep breathing with our body relaxed. And what's important with that is that we're under such stress, as you mentioned, Kim, even before, we're just a stressful society in general. And now Western medicine is believing what holistic older healing modalities believe, that stress is the number one cause of illness. And Mm -hmm. that it might not happen right away, but over time. And what happens, so that's one level of it, but in terms of your breath, your diaphragm starts to tighten. So at times when you're not thinking about breathing, you're not getting enough oxygen in. And when you can't depend on cardio, and I mean, you just physically can't do it or you can't get to your gym or whatever, then you're just not getting enough oxygen in your body. You're not massaging and detoxifying your organs enough. So that's one thing. Secondly, that we need to relax more. And there's tons of things to do to get a massage or a hot bath or that kind of thing to relax the muscles because that way you can expand when you breathe. So because your rib cage is not soldered together like all these Halloween uh, skeletons that are around, it's connected with cartilage. So when you breathe, the breastbone goes straight up and then your rib cage opens from the side. So if your muscles are tense, the muscles are tense in your chest, you just can't expand because when the rib cage, you relax your muscles, the rib cage can expand, then your lungs can expand. And then you just relax as you exhale. But full exhalation is just as important because again, that's a detoxifying for the lungs. So just to know how breathing works and just to take those few, and if you can breathe in through the nose, you get more oxygen in, but if you have a deviated septum, you know, you just breathe however you can breathe in, just let everything expand. And then if you can exhale through your mouth, 
again, but to be aware, I'm going to inhale as much as I can. I'm going to exhale as much as I can. So that's why in the breathing exercises, the next thing we add is to hold. So when you're breathing in for your max, you want to hold. That's helping to release that tension in your diaphragm. And then just to release. It feels good. So it's just to remember to do it. That's why it's suspect. Qigong is so suspect. I'm told this by a lot of people. That's so easy. How can it do anything? I go, well, yeah, it's easy. What's difficult is to do it every day. In our society, that's why it's the difficulty, the challenge, how things are. So we start with that, the physiology of breathing. Now, while you're doing that deep, relaxed breathing, you're stimulating the vagal nerve. And the vagal nerve is key in your parasympathetic system. That's your body and mind's relaxation response. So we're go, go, go with the sympathetic system. That's, you know, and whatever. <laughs> we're at our home, stuff being home. So that who do mind being at home. All the stress, 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 you know, just not breathing enough. So that sympathetic system, you know, got to do this, got to do that. So we relax that. So that's why really for us, so when we start to put this together, we take this deep relaxation from our very high level of stress and we go all the way to this other extreme measure. It comes to the middle and that's called building resiliency, how to manage physical and mental stress without damaging your body and your mental state. So we start with the breath in Qigong, and then there's exercises that get synchronized to the breath. That's like training wheels to get to feeling the energy doing it, but it's just a way to put it all together. And that's part of what the mindfulness exercises do and gets you to a platform eventually to get to the meditative state. But it all is like in pieces. It, it goes in a progression. So that's important. Breathing, it's really a huge skill to learn. So that's the number one thing is for relaxing our lungs, getting enough oxygen in, expanding our diaphragm. And again, if we do get COVID, we know it hits the, the lungs. You, you have the physicality to help navigate through the experience with it. So that's why the young kids, they're, they're a little bit more, you know, doing cardio and stuff like that. So that's one of the reasons why when they get it, except those with certain uh, conditions prior but they can get through it because their body, their internal bodies in shape from all the cardio that they're doing. That's such a simple thing to do and such a worthwhile thing to take just a few minutes a day. I'm sure you could aim for much more than that, but if you can fit it in and we all have to breathe anyway, make some time to do this. And if it'll help take better care of your lungs, build up your resilience. That's then, wonderful. Right. And then we get to, building up the the immune chi so there's lots of exercises for that and so we stimulate acupuncture points when we do the exercises and so one is like just below your uh collarbone closer to where your shoulder is in the front and there are important acupuncture points for the lungs the lung chi so we can just tap that and we can do that with the breathing, same time, deeply breathe in, deeply breathe out. So you're giving yourself a little acupressure treatment there while you do it. So all that together can help you. Don't forget to wiggle your feet if you're sitting down. Keep that circulation going in the lower part of your body. 
That's also helping for a lymphonic system, the backup system to get rid of waste in the body. This is very important. So upper body, we tend to have more movement than the lower, especially mm -hmm. sitting a lot. And I teach a whole series called Zoom Qigong, really from us being so stationary in front of these screens. So it's for the neck, but it's also for the eyes because sitting in front of these screens so much is really very straining. So the health of the eyes, so we add exercises for that as well. Do you have any other exercises you could share with us? Yeah, the one that to do is for the, the la chi, really to relax. So we're going to do that first, and then I'm going to add the next level. So where each of these energy systems relate, like I said, there are a big matrix of properties that they have. And so one of them is emotions. And when emotions get out of harmony with you, that damage your health and well-being. And then there's these virtues to think of that help you get back on track to modulate that negative emotion that it might bring to you. And then just to work on that. So it's like a, a survey of a lot of things. So how we're going to do that, this is called La Chi, pulling Chi. And actually, this is a very simple exercise to do. And it's representative of all the movement we do in Qigong. So there are more elaborate variations and all different things, but it all comes down to opening to release and receive and then gathering and ground deep inside. So with our shoulders relaxed, the palms are facing each other and the fingertips are aligned with each other, the center of the palm. What's important is to relax the shoulders. We get into these patterns that we think we need our shoulders to move our arms and we don't only with lifting weight and coming up using. So that's why we get so tense in our shoulders. Hmm. So this is a way to rethink uh, how to move our arms when it doesn't bop weight. Okay. So we start between our shoulder blades in the back, mid back. And we think we're thinking, oh, we're going to separate our shoulder blades there. So that's the thoracic area of the spine that gets very tense. So when we do that, when we, we relax, in that area, you can actually physically feel your elbows coming out to the side. Mm -hmm. And that's where we continue because that's what's going to lead the movement, your elbows, not your shoulders. Oh, so your shoulders okay. are completely relaxed. We think you're separating between the shoulder blades. Elbows move a little bit then continue with the elbows, bringing your hands, your arms away from each other. And then just relax. Same thing, relax between the shoulder blades. The elbows start to bring the arms closer to each other and bend your wrist a little bit when the palms are coming closer. So we inhale as we separate, a deep breathing, diaphragm down, chest expands, and just relax as you exhale, the palms coming towards each other. Again, breathe in, and relax. One more time, breathe in, and exhale, and relax. Good. So now just continue that movement. You don't have to do that with the breath. So the breathing is a gateway to this awareness of chi because that's translated in three ways. So one is breath. Some people translate qigong as breath work. 
next is chi, life force, energy work. So when we talk about the, the chi, the life force energy in our body, and then the third stage is the life force energy all around us. So that's the quantum energy, quantum physics uh, view of things. And so they interchange, they, they go through each other, you know, it depends where you are. You know, the more you practice, the more this is more. And then we're going to go through our energy system very simply, and we're going to focus on emotions. And so the first one is anger. So that's the, the liver chi. So when it's out of balance, so there's two types of anger. There's anger that promotes something positive, like mothers against drunk driving. Mm-hmm. So that's one type of anger. We're talking about or anger about current events. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And okay. that's a lot of, yeah. Okay. okay. But if it transcends to really malicious anger, but also anger against yourself, that's not good for you, huh? And especially now, this year through this pandemic, there's a lot of that. So you really have to modulate that for our health. And Western Med agrees with this too. Okay. And so how we're going to do that is to think of kindness and benevolence of others. All the beauty around. And also you're part of that. All the goodness that you participate with in the world. And you connect to when others respond as well with the same. And so that's what we, we focus on. So that's the, the liver chi energy. And then next we go to the heart chi. So the heart energy is more like our brain and our nervous system. So it has to do with communication. So like in the Asian countries are different. So in the West, you say to learn, you must have an open mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the East, they say to want to learn, one must have an open heart. Oh, so, the like heart so the heart center. So we know that we see it in spiritual pictures from different religions and practices. That heart center is focused in that iconography. That is an energy center, and that's what we nourish because that's the center of unconditional love. Okay. The big love. And so when it's in balance, it comes with overdoing, overthinking, excess overstimulating, overworrying. It's just over the top. So the element associated with this is fire. So you don't want to burn your fire out. (laughs) (laughs) You want it tempered. Okay, so that's where we get back to resiliency. You want it centered. So because then we're just not going to feel the big love. It's going to interfere with compassion. Mm, Yeah, okay. And next from there, we go from the heart chi to the transitional energy chi, as I mentioned to you. And so that has to do with uh, digestion, but it's nourishment. It's all levels of nourishment for ourselves. And so if it's in balance, this one is anxiety, which is like chewing food that just, you know, you just can't chew it enough. <laughs> you know, it's there, mm-hmm. this big clump, and it, and it blocks you. But when you can, so it's to offset that anxiety, chewing on the same thing or rainwater systems, they put these clever little signs up. So one was anxiety 
is a waste of a good imagination. And that's what anxiety is. You're just going over at like, or, you know, what if, what if. And that's wasting a lot of energy because what that energy system does is to bring you to clarity. Because it's golden, the color, this golden light of clarity. And it's clarity of our life purpose, which is always a beacon in times of uncertainty. And we are in times of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So when we have clarity of our life's purpose, we can still do that. We might need to do that in a different way, but it's not going to stop us. Our life's purpose it doesn't have to. Okay. So it's on that deep level. Then we go to the lung chi, which we were talking about before. Yeah. So the lung chi, as mentioned before, is our protective energy on many different levels. And so we focus on it for our immune system. So when it's out of balance is sadness, and there is a lot of sadness and grief going on quite a bit. And you might know from your own experience, the loss of a person very close to you or a pet, it goes right here, goes right mm -hmm. to those lungs. Right. Very yeah, right common to get yeah. respiratory infections during that time. I know both my parents, I said, huh, that happened to me uh, also. And so the offset of that is a connection with us, with the continuum of life. So we have our own personal life cycles that we go through. We have our family heritage that we're part of, any lineage we follow, or spiritual practice or religion. All of this has been around for a long time, so we just feel that energy. We're just part of that continuum energy. That just helps us to go on, which brings us to the next one and the last one, which is for our kidney chi. And that holds the mystery of life within us, our DNA, our mitochondria, and our longevity energy. So it gets dissipated a little bit as time goes on. So it relates to aging quite a bit. So the element associated with it, the out-of-balanced emotion is fear. And there is a lot of fear. So that's why I said Western mm -hmm. and holistic practices say it's the most damaging to your health is fear. Okay. And to be modulated, and it's modulated to know that deep inside of us is this will to go on. So there's two types of fear, by the way. So there's fear that's giving you information, like, oh, too hot. I hear Mal all the time. Hot, hot. He learned that very young, your grandson. Yeah. yeah. So it's warning you, fear to warn you. Don't do that. Don't do that. But this is paralyzing fear and really shutting you down. That's the fear we're talking about. And so that we know that's not good. So then from here, it's something called ye, your will inside, your will to go on and to live on. So what that is like, because it's so deep inside and it's not apparent, it's during winter like plants or trees, they look like there's no leaves on the trees. The plant looks like it's certainly died this year. It's not going to come back. And then all of a sudden, in springtime, it comes back. And that's because of that energy that is deep inside, your will to go on, the ye energy. And so that's what we want to cultivate. So that's just a small part of this matrix that we work on in Qigong. Let me ask you, because you have a beautiful studio. I've been to your studios. 
gorgeous studio. It feels very peaceful and lovely in there. And everybody who's in there just feels immediately relaxed when they walk in. But you can't do that right now, I'm presuming. So is there a way to take classes from you right now? Yes, I have Zoom classes, which has been absolutely wonderful because my students that moved away are back. <laughs> so we have friends uh, from the country. Nice. Wonderful. Yeah, and I teach uh, three classes. I, I also teach in medical uh, and hospitals and things like that, and that takes the end of my week. But the beginning of the week, I have some classes available one evening and two uh, today on, on Tuesday. Yeah, so they're available, and they're also by donation. This is a public service to everyone. This is so important. This is so important with all the stress going on and with this pandemic without a cure. The vaccine's not ready yet. Not everybody is coherent on what to do regarding uh, preventative measures, behavioral measures. So it's important to really take care of ourselves and to, to rest and to get some information to help and some little hand-holding on that. So the classes are all by donation for that. That's so generous of you, and it's so nice just in a broader spiritual context that you're making it available to people. And if they can donate, obviously they should, because what you're doing is you're bringing basically a lifetime of your knowledge to help other people. And I know they'll feel very relaxed if they can take a class with you and spend a little bit of time with you. I feel relaxed just talking to you right now. I feel very calm. (laughs) And uh, I know there's a huge to-do list staring at me here, but I feel very very relaxed right now. And I'm excited to have some of these exercises that I can do when I'm just sitting just to take a few minutes and do them. But where can we find your information? Can we go to your website to find your information on your classes? My website is really out of date, but give it a try. It will give you how to get in contact with me. And I'm motivated now to update that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's qigongwithfaymagru.com. So that's Q I G O N G W I T H F A Y M C G R E W dot com. Okay. And if All I right. name it, I would, but I don't have the time. <laughs> okay. We will put those in the show notes so that people can come find you and take a class with you and get a good understanding of how valuable this practice really is for everyone's health. I thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you need to add? Uh, No, just uh, keep breathing. Okay. Keep centered and and thank you. and, And thank you for these very valuable podcasts, providing information from, which I would say very important complimentary therapies to our daily life and our self care. We thank you for your time, all of you who come on here and want to talk to everybody and help everybody on this side of the pond and across the pond to live a more healthy lifestyle. So this has been Kim Shea for Alternative Health Tools, and we've been talking with Faye McGrew, Qigong teacher. Audio edits by Sin Callup. Episode notes by Dave Herndon. Mix and mastered by John Beethan and produced by Heard Not Seen Media, imaginepodcasting.com.